0: its own and there's no, you know, wrong way or right way. It's, it's what you choose, but was giving the ability for others to, that maybe didn't even, you know, they might be a crossroads in their career, but being able to walk in and like, Hey, I can do this. And so, you know, taking someone who maybe is a lawyer, real estate, you know, doctor, hairstyles, whatever it is, and walking into the business and being like, wait, I could do this and change my career. And, you know, whether it's impact the community while growing wealth or diversify their portfolio.
1: Welcome to Franchise Empires, where aspiring entrepreneurs learn exactly what it takes to become a successful franchise owner from one location to 10 and beyond. I'm the Wolf of Franchises. Hey everyone, it's the Wolf. Today on the show, we have Cynthia May, the co-founder of Beamlight Sauna. Steamlight Sauna is an emerging franchise that was founded in May of 2020, but today has 80 territories sold, and her first franchisees are just opening up now. Even prior to this, Cynthia's journey as an entrepreneur is far from typical, but I think you'll find it an inspiring journey. Hope you enjoy. The Wolf of Franchises is the CEO of Wolfpack Franchising, as well as a creator at Workweek Media. All opinions expressed by The Wolf and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Wolfpack Franchising or Workweek. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. The Wolf, Workweek, and Wolfpack Franchising may maintain positions in the franchises discussed on this podcast. Great customer experience starts with great employee experience. Create business success with Harry. The platform to build, manage, engage, and retain your team. Care for your people, and they will care for your customers. Visit Harry.com today. That's H A R R I dot com. Cynthia, you've had a an interesting road to where you are today and you're fairly new to franchising, but you know, a year in, 83 territories sold. That's something to be proud of for sure. It's a great start. You know, where would you say that? kind of your journey to this point with Beamlight Sauna began? And like, how did you get into entrepreneurship in general?
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I've been asked that before, like, were you born an entrepreneur? And I have no idea uh, if I was born that or not. I was like the kid that from the age of four knew that I was going to be a nurse. Like, I was like, I am going to be a nurse. I'm going to help people. I love helping people. And so as a kid that it never changed, you know, you're like, yeah, sure. You're going to be A nurse, and it didn't change until a really pivotal moment in my life, which was becoming pregnant at 16. And then, all of a sudden, all your life, you know, my plan was like, huh, that was gonna be that's not gonna work out right now. I needed to find a quicker way, basically, to support my daughter. I wasn't thinking about what is gonna wear to school the next day anymore or the next football game, it was like, or even like the college I was gonna go to. It was just like, how can I make money and support my daughter on the way? And so I kind of looked back at some of my skill sets and was like, what other skills do I have where I could maybe get into a trade or something like that that was quicker? My daughter and I were going to be out on our own by ourselves. And um, so I I really needed to be able to support her and started thinking about some of the skills. And I'd always like done my friend's hair for prom or like trim my family's hair, which I am so sorry. I had no experience for them, like mad apologies to them for (laughs) messing up their hair. But and so I was like, all right, let me, at the time I lived right outside of DC and I called one of the top, uh, hair salons in Georgetown and said, Hey, where do y'all hire from? Cause it was like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. to you know, I want to be the best at it. And so I want to go to the best school, get the best job at the best salon. And so I just called one of the top salons and they said, we hire from these two schools. And I was really fortunate that one of them was in Arlington, Virginia, which was close to me. And so dove into that, and that um, led me onto a 17-year career path in that industry. And the last five of those years, I co-founded a uh, High End Hair Salon and really got a lot of my entrepreneurship and leadership skills and all of that from that experience. So that's sort of you know, I, I don't, again, I don't know if it's born in you or it's circ- like circumstances that sort of turn you in that direction.
1: No, hundred percent. I know what you mean. I mean, I think there's this common, like there's a reoccurring theme, which I don't necessarily believe in, but it's almost like every successful entrepreneur, their story is like, yeah, like, you know, at age two, I was running the lemonade stand <laughs> right. on the street. Yeah, no, And it's like, I've met plenty of entrepreneurs who didn't do a lemonade or sell candy in high school yeah. or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, there's plenty of ways to kind of find yourself in the position of starting a business.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I worked in Starbucks in high school, so there was no like magical um, <laughs> yeah. selling something I created.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so going from kind of founding that hair salon, that high-end hair salon, Beamlight Sauna is, of course, a different type of business. Yeah. You know, when did the kind of interest to maybe transition from a salon to a different type of concept that well, you know when did that journey start
0: yeah so i was able to grow that with my partner to million dollars a year in top line that that business and get it to a really healthy successful place and was thinking that was a business maybe i'd scale but it was very high end and you're counting on artistic ability and artistic um team members and so scaling and training for that level is is more challenging. And I also was ready to do something new. Not that I had mastered like, oh, I, you know, I think I did a decent job, but I wouldn't say I just mastered all of it, but I was getting comfortable and I was ready to do something different. And so I started looking in the health and wellness industry. That was a passion of mine and had stumbled across infrared light therapy. And, you know, when you're looking at scaling a business or have that thought in your head you know, what the team looks like inside that business is huge in terms of scalability and the challenges that come with it. So I really wanted to stay in the service industry. I had a passion for that as well, but wanted to try and figure out how to take the specific skill sets, whether it's like massage therapist or hairstylists, those, you know, nail tech type thing and take that out. So when I ran into inbred light therapy, that was appealing to me on many levels. And then kept diving in, looking into that. And then um, my oldest daughter was actually diagnosed with Lyme's disease. And so through that, when she was about 13 in middle school through that, that led us again back to infrared light therapy. And so that's where it really, you know, when you have a family member who's sick or a friend who's sick, that really drives your passion even more. And so, and that was the second time it came up. So I was like, all right, now I'm going to really dive in and look at this. And that's where at least that idea started where I started really, you know, whiteboarding, sticky noting, pros, cons, again, into the industry and saw huge gaps there.
1: Fascinating. And so did you find, at least with uh, your daughter, that between the Lyme disease and, you know, infrared, like, yeah, was that did that help? you know, I've had family members actually with Lyme's as well. Um, and it's a lot. It can be a very long kind of, you know, confusing road almost to like just getting back to 100 percent. Like it's a very lingering type issue.
0: Yeah, it's super lingering and it varies greatly from person. You know, some people find out 20 years after that they had, you know, a tick bite when they were a kid. And then 20 years later, the symptoms because your immune system was, you know, suppressed or not. I mean, not, you know, doing its job. And so then all of a sudden you get all these crazy symptoms. So it can vary from extremely mild or no symptoms at all for years or, you know, there's like temporary paralysis and stuff. So it's extreme, really extreme. And so we had done the traditional route, which is, okay, Lyme's disease. Here is antibiotics, three to six months, heavy course. Because she was in middle school, happy, like healthy, vibrant, sports, going out with friends, hanging out, and then super chronically ill. And so went through that course of antibiotics, which was really hard on her system and got a little bit better, but still was not able to go back to playing sports and all that. So, you know, as a mom, you're not going to stop looking for solutions because the doctors were basically like, well, that's all we can do. So we found another doctor who was an MD still, which I really appreciate and respect, but also brought a homeopathic side to it. And So she had had other autoimmune patients that had success with infrared light therapy and I knew a lot of the benefits, but not directly how they impacted somebody with an autoimmune disease. And so just having that medical backing on her end and recommending that and then not having success with the other things. And now like there's other stuff that goes into it. It's not just this magic unicorn that fixes everybody. You know, it. you have to, you know, my daughter was already eating healthier and taking supplements and there are other things happening. And when I started to look for a place to take her consistently because her doctor recommended like three to five times a week starting out to really get it, you know, help with the inflammation and pain and, and other things associated with those symptoms. And there was nothing within a four hour radius of where we lived. And it was like, you know, to do that regularly, it can't take her four hours. So that's sort of when that sparked that interest even more on a business side, but then obviously on the personal side as well to have something. And there was just nothing near us. And that's so that's where that really started and took off from.
1: Amazing. It's so fascinating, kind of just the different things that can lead to a business being started.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: So when did I know you're a co-founder, so, you know, who did you ultimately end up get this started with? And yeah, uh, when did that first location end up getting open?
0: Yeah. So kind of through all of that and not to give all all my history, but we ended up moving our family. I sold my, my original, my first business, to my business partner and, you know, really started all over again. I mean, the conversation with my family was like, you know, now I have three kids, a husband, so I'm not just risking, you know, my life. It affects them as well. And I was like, so I think this is going to go really well, but how do you guys feel about living in a two bedroom apartment if we have to, you know, and it's like, (laughs) it was like, that my first business, I was like, if I'm going to fail or go bankrupt, I know this is a horrible. <laughs> like, you know, my husband's like, you know, I want to work on your talk track there. But like, I wanted to go bankrupt <laughs> before I was 30. And then it was like, oh, now I want to if I'm going to go bankrupt, it will be before I'm 40. So anyway, during that dropped everything, started all over and really was at the top of my career and then went straight to the bottom and started over a moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I did a whole year of research, sticky notes, pros and cons, all the business things in and out all over my wall and um, ended up opening my first location in May 2020, which uh, was not when I signed the lease, you know, COVID was not a thing at that point. And so really funny time to open a business. So my marketing, there was really no marketing. All of a sudden I found myself when I was supposed to be marketing and pre-launching, I was homeschooling three kids, which was you know, just crap. In, they were. I was like, all right. I had one at in kindergarten or first grade was my youngest at that point. And I was like, We are gonna learn about marketing. You <laughs> know, like, oh, what are we gonna do? <laughs> so that was a really interesting time. So launched that with no pre-launch because we kind of didn't know where we fit in the rules. Things were still closed down or doing curbside. And so we just basically opened our doors and, you know, not ideal for a new business, especially a newer concept. We were the first exclusive and bread light therapy in Charlotte, North Carolina, and really in North Carolina at that point. And so that was, uh, an interesting time, but we, so we opened and I'm not kidding. I'd like go out and be like, Hey, Come in and like amber light, so <laughs> like so not the way you would do things. Yeah, and so just our community and customers just showed up and showed us so much love and support, and we really grew organically from that. And you know, I didn't really know all the rules with franchising, and so on my website that I had built because I, you know it's a small business, and um, I had put in the corner a little thing franchising opportunities. Well. That was more of my own to see if people were even interested in that. I didn't realize I was like breaking some like rule of franchising that you can't just like take a, <laughs> I want to see how many I got in. So I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that, but that's sort of how it started. And right away we had people come in they're like, oh, where are your other locations? Where, you know, I had one member who was moving to Vegas and she's like, do you have one in Vegas? And I was like, we do not, but hold tight, <laughs> you know, we might. And so I started looking for my second location And I was, you know, strong, independent woman and didn't need a partner. And then when, you know, when people are asking you about like New Jersey and New York and Vegas and California to open places, you're like, huh, that is, that was out of my area of expertise. So I felt confident I could open several in my area, but to expand to that next market and really grow where I wanted to grow, I needed a partner that had that experience. So I had an investor come in that was interested in the opportunity and throw, you know, a a large sum, you know, at least put out there a large sum and then said, but I don't, I'll give you that money, but I don't want to do anything in the business. And that was appealing, but it was like, I need somebody with the skills more than I need. I mean, I needed money to, (laughs) but like to grow at that great, but I needed somebody with experience. So I, you know, thank you. And I'm good. I'm going to find something else. And then decided that I need to find a partner that had the experience and expertise that I didn't. I'm not really sure what I was thinking when I said that, because like you can have all these go. I'm going to find a partner. I don't know if you put that on Craigslist or Facebook. and You're like, hey, anybody want to be a partner? You know, I didn't have like a, a plan to find that partner. I just like opened yeah. my mind to being open to it. And then I'm not kidding. Within like two weeks, I was introduced to one of my first partners who's Roger Martin And he owned another concept, Rockbox Fitness. Oh, yeah. And had extensive experience. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of it? Yeah. 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 Awesome. I've covered
1: it a few times. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, (laughs) you know, that was an emerging brand. They had, you know, I think 150, 60 sold, something like that. They have, I believe, 55 open. And so he and I sat down, and um, one of the big things for me, if I was going to have a partner, was put skin in the game and open your own because most investors or people looking in that are like, uh-uh, I'm not operating. And to me, there was so much that needed to still be learned and experienced. And then as, you know, as a leader and selling to franchisees, like how awesome to be able to talk from the experience. Like I own it. I put my own money in it. I do it. I've hired like that's just sort of how my whole life was. It's like you start as an assistant and then, you know, you work your way up kind of thing. And then, you know, the ins and outs of the business. So he was like, absolutely, I'm going to do that. And, um, you know, this is a partner you're going to work with more than you're going to be at home. And so that connection had to happen too. And so it just kind of took off from there. And then we added One of his partners later on, which was Jeff Juden, who has extensive experience in the franchise world and has a Homefront brands platform as well. And so just having him on the team has been, I mean, talk about a phenomenal mentor that's been through it all is just amazing to have that. So, so yeah, it was pretty quick after that. I think it was, I think it's been almost two years since we actually teamed up and then almost a year since we started, you know, franchising.
1: And I love the philosophy of, you know, kind of if you're going to be a partner in the business that you need the operational chops because that's definitely something I mean, I hear from franchisees all the time is that, you know, the biggest pet peeve is that they're they buy a franchise or they're evaluating a franchise and the people they're talking to don't even they don't really know like they have scripted answers for questions but they don't actually you know they haven't done it they don't have the real experience to lean on and you know people can sniff that out but even more so it's not about like just the sales process it is about also once they're signed and operating that's the other thing is you know franchisees really get frustrated with their support when it's people who are have been hired and you know Maybe that there's less people in the organization who have actually, you know, gotten their hands yeah. dirty on the business. So yeah. uh yeah, I think that's spot on with just the way you guys have structured it. So Thanks. do you mind um if I walked into, you know, your let's just say the, the one that you started, beam sauna, you know, what could I do for myself? Uh is it like am I walking into a hot sauna, like just in sweating or
0: Yep. So when you walk in, I kind of brought that um you know, when I started looking and I found a couple concepts after really digging, nothing near near us that, that you know, might have had several different modalities, but had inbred as well. And just nothing that was appealing to me as a business and made it really easy for the consumer to be in and out. And for like my daughter, we need a space she could go three to five times a week and be in and out of. And so... So when you walk in, you have this elevated experience. It's really clean, bright, light. It's not kind of like your dark water fountain, you know, spot type thing. It's completely opposite. It's, it's really clean and bright and minimalistic. So everything that we put in there was carefully thought out. And so you're greeted by our wellness sales associate, which is essentially our front desk. And then you're taken to um, Lumi, who we call Lumi, who's our wellness, I would say, wellness assistant, really. So it's a an AI-based system. So when you go over and she asks you a series of questions to figure out why you're there and walk you through infrared light therapy and the, you know, just the benefits and the science behind it, because for a lot of people, this is new and they've done traditional saunas, but they haven't done infrared. And so comparing those two they're very different you know regular traditional saunas are uh, 170 to 200 degrees or even above and usually last five to 10 minutes and a lot of people don't love that because it's you know it can be you can have this feeling of almost claustrophobic it's steamy it's really hot sometimes it's hard to breathe and they have huge benefits as well but a lot of times people aren't able to stay in long enough to get those benefits whereas infrared is between more like 130, 160. And so you're in there for thirty to forty minutes, super comfortable. You know, you're not enduring it; you're enjoying it. And you can watch Netflix, you can read a book, you can meditate. You know, we have some people who take calls in there. So really, you get to personalize it and make it your no own way. experience. No way, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, it, we we. Oh yeah, you couldn't do. Did... <laughs> yeah, that would definitely wouldn't work out well for you. Um, no, these are. I hate saying dry saunas, but they're not, they don't dry out your skin. They're not like, you know, you're not super dehydrated when you come out of them or anything, but they're not a steam sauna. And so, yes, you can take electronics in there. I think the people who tend to enjoy it the most are the ones who are able to unplug. But you know, that's like, I need a multitask sometimes. So if that's what you're going for that great, you know, you're just getting benefits of both. You get it, your work done and you get some health benefits. So just really, curating that elevated customer experience. And then Lumi was added, actually, it was something, you know, once I franchise, it's like, if you could do this from day one, what would you do over? And training was one of them. And so the consistency that Lumi brings, just having the ability to, you know, scale and have that consistent message delivered and then be able to also intake people you know customers information as well it really took it cut about four weeks off our training for a wellness sales associate so they still have to learn about inbred light therapy but not be as deep you know with the knowledge because we do have lumi and she's able to educate you know our our customer in that way so that's one of the things that we added when we you know when you franchise it's like all right what would you do and so I did it and then it's like all right this is what what we would do so
1: no that's amazing and and it sounds like right so there's certainly more benefits than than just your traditional sauna right yeah. where it's potentially because you know this category is definitely starting to pick up steam and grow uh, within franchising right oh, yeah. where there's there are wellness concepts popping up in it, and it's for a reason it's that there just seems to be more and more evidence that like the red light therapy. Is it health benefit? I know I'm, you know, look, I'm not the best person to really, (laughs) I'm not the core customer. It sounds like I like like saunas, but I'm genuinely not like the core customer. I don't think.
0: You might be though. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we have, um, yeah, there's huge benefits and I didn't, I got lost off your question. So I apologize. We also have red light. So infrared is the invisible part of the light spectrum. So it's felt as heat, but not seen. And then the red light is right next to near-infrared on the light spectrum, and it's that first light that's visible. And so red light's really taken off. And so we have a mixture of infrared saunas and then red light therapies. And so we are staying and committed to staying in the light modalities. And so not that we won't expand on that, but but we're not going into a lot of other modalities. We wanna you know know one thing really well, and serve that to the, you know, just with our education and really honing in on that one thing. And so red light is huge. So we'll have people that come in and do a 40 minute session and in, in the embread and then go over to red light. And that's like 10, 15 minutes in red light. And so they're getting that full scope. But yeah, there's huge benefits. So everything from like our top three, that's what's awesome about Lumi too, is she collects that data. And so we can really see what our customers are coming in for. And a lot of times they're coming in for one issue and then find out that like, oh, wow, I got better skin. I had eczema. I wasn't even coming in from that. My eczema cleared up. But our top one is weight loss and then detox and actually mental health. And so we have these six core benefits, basically, that people say, you know, when they're on Lumi, these are the top reasons that I'm here. And so they get to go through this whole path finding and discovering, you know, their health and what Lumi recommends, how many times a week they come in. But those are the top three. And I will say, like, with mental health, it's not usually what somebody will come in and tell you, but they feel comfortable on the Lumi screen. You know, she's a, a sweet British woman and how ha- or an English accent. And, <laughs> and, you know, there's just something appealing about somebody with an accent. You feel comfortable, but, but they will, you know, say, yeah, I'm here for, you know, d- depression or whatever it is. And, I think just through COVID, we saw a lot more awareness of mental health and people, you know, being isolated for so long, and so that's really been higher on the list than I thought it would. But uh, what's cool about a forty-minute infrared light session is you can burn up to six hundred calories even if you're just sitting there, and so it's a great cardiovascular. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna uh, chisel out your abs that way, but you know adding that extra calorie burn is awesome, but it's really great for cardiovascular um, conditioning and people also who you know, are either injured and not able to work out or for some other reason, not able to work out. That's, it's one of the only ways to get a cardiovascular, you know, get that your heart moving and um, working besides working out.
1: Great customer experience starts with your employees, but when you're busy with paperwork, your team suffers. Introducing Harry, the end-to-end platform that solves for scheduling, turnover, employee engagement, and compliance woes. Founded and run by passionate industry professionals, Harry is built for franchise owners. Spend less time in the office and more time on the floor. Visit harry.com today. That's H-A-R-R-I dot com. I think... um there's clearly benefits it is the newness of the category but it, there's obviously right i mean there's a demand for it cuz I, I every you know i haven't seen a franchise that is struggling with that aspect and like i know you have limitations on what you can say but you know the numbers in like your recent 2023 fdd are are very impressive you know like very high margin even after royalties you know and yeah. for folks listening it's around 35% so yeah it's yeah, f- over Around you know the two locations show close to half a million in sales, but thirty five percent margins it means you're bringing home still a good amount. So yeah, can you kind of give an idea of like it's a membership model? I can see. It is. So yeah. yep. is it like um, I've noticed a lot of the wellness franchises they're almost pricing generally around the same kind of range that like a boutique fitness, it's like an yep. OS Theory or an F forty five would charge. So are you kind of in that like I don't know, I mean I. Went to Orange Theory and I lived in Manhattan, so that's probably the highest end. But it was close yeah. to like 190 bucks to 200 a month. But yeah, generally, how does membership pricing work?
0: Yeah, so we are membership based. We do drop ins as well and uh, packages, and then we have other awesome retail that can be added on. And so we're usually coming close to doubling our sales in other products, whether it's the you know the drop ins or the packages. And so we have ranges from. You know, 99 up to in the 200s. And then also, if you, you know, if you're, you can purchase a year out and get it a lot less, or you can just drop in by packages. So we are, I would say, equivalent to like a peer bar in terms of pricing. And so there's different options for each person, depending on, you know, what their budget is and then how often they're trying to come in. And you'll find a lot of people that will come in with autoimmune issues and bad, no luck with other things, you know, they are willing to really pour in at that point because it's a lot in terms of what they'll spend because it's cheaper than, you know, medications and all these other routes. And so if it helps them live a better life on a daily, they will, you know, that's a different budget. That's a different category. And it really is. Yeah self-care, but it's really turning more into essential care. Like for my daughter with limes, that's not self-care. That's really more essential for her and helping her. You know, she's in college now and able to play sports and get back to normal life. And so, you know, you really can't put a price tag on on what that that does. So
1: Absolutely. And so, you know, from the owner's perspective, as you've talked about the concept, there's kind of someone, uh, I forget you had a name, but essentially someone like at the front desk.
0: Yeah. Wellness sales associate. Yep.
1: Yes, and then uh, you have the AI, the British AI assistant, and
0: she's their uh, wellness is it the rest sales associate, yes. well, wellness, um, health, wellness uh, assistant. So yeah,
1: sure, okay, I'll get the lingo. Uh, but <laughs> <You don't>. so, <laughs> Sorry. is that sort of it from the labor side on like a operating perspective, where you need one person at the front desk, but then it's kind of just checking in members who are coming in. I don't know, maybe for appointments or maybe not, just drop ins, but. Then you just have, like, how many saunas are behind the hood, so to speak?
0: Yeah. So mine is the smallest. It's a first. And again, you do it once and then you perfect it after that. So minus six, that would be, um, we won't do any that size. So The minimum we would do would be seven at the very minimum rooms. My business partner's is about 20 minutes from me and he has nine, which seems to be sort of our sweet spot, that eight to nine, eight to 10 range. And so the staffing model is, is super appealing. It's something that on a business side I was looking for. It just, it can be GM operated. So, you know, for me, I acted as a GM for the first six to eight months and then eventually got a GM. And so she runs it. So we have GM. So that could be a refranchisee or, you know, an actual GM. And then an AGM assistant manager basically And that's that's optional, but we found that that model works the best to have a GM and an AGM. If you are planning to have it more GM operated, and then we have the wellness sales associate, which is your front desk, and a sauna attendant who is you know really essential into getting those rooms turned over and clean. And so that that's it. It's a simple model. You know, we have anything from five to 10 employees depending on, and it could be a little bit more. It just depends on part-time, full-time and that, but it's really just the GM, AGM, wellness sales associate and sauna attendant. So.
1: I mean, I, I love the simplicity of the model and I imagine, right. It can probably fit in like most kind of strip mall, like shopping center type uh, concepts.
0: Yeah. So we like to go in um, class A retail if possible. And in, Plant ourselves close to boutique fitness, if you know, if possible. I'm near a juice place, and I happen to have a Pure Bar oh, in my perfect. place. Yeah. So, you know, those are it's cool because you can market with those and do business to business, and you're not a competition to them, but they really fit. So, we literally have people that go to a Pure Bar class and then stop by us after, and then they'll get their juice. And so, I'm, I'm in a really ideal setup. Yeah. But you know, we're looking for Class A retail centers, and you know, like minded businesses nearby and and that seems to do really really well
1: yeah no i, I could totally see that and it actually reminds me of orange theory and th- when they st- they're kind of like one of the first boutique fitness but they basically followed whole foods was was part of their strategy yeah uh, it was just trying to co-locate near whole foods and
0: that's perfect for us we find that same thing yeah exactly now we can just pop b- up by an orange theory <laughs> because
1: they're yeah, all over. Yeah, tr- <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And you, you've been franchising for a year yeah. and already have, you know, 82, 83 locations sold and a couple open or one open and then one franchisee open, that is. And then another one opening in May mm-hmm. of 2023. So we're recording this at the beginning of April. So that's a pretty amazing start. You know, a lot of franchisors would kill for that start if, you know, if they could kind of, do a deal before they start because you, you never know what's going to happen, right?
0: Yeah, you don't.
1: Just what's been your take? You know, you you're newer to franchising. It sounds like though you kind of built for that by bringing in partners who, who knew that world. So, just what's been the experience like? You know, trying to go through that sales cycle and like, have you targeted franchise owners of other brands or is it a lot of first time owners? You know, well, what's kind of been the the journey like so far from the franchising side?
0: Yeah, so it's a. Huge, huge learning curve. People said, you know, how did you decide between franchising and corporate? And I really looked into both of them. And um, I am still learning every single day, which I love, but it is a little bit like drinking from a fire hose in terms of franchising. Like, yeah. you know, knowing the FDD and what goes in it and and why is I mean, that's its own set of learning. And what I really loved about the franchise model is it over staying corporate for our business now. You know, to each its own, and there's no you know wrong way or right way. It's it's what you choose. But was giving the ability for others to that maybe didn't even you know they might be at crossroads in their career, but being able to walk in and like, hey, I can do this. And so you know, taking someone who maybe's a lawyer, real estate, you know, doctor, hairstyles, whatever it is, and walking in the business and being like, wait, I could do this and change my career. And you know, whether it's impact the community while growing wealth or diversify their portfolio, you know. I, there's a wide range of people and why they're getting into it, and so tapping into that on the franchise side was really appealing to me. But having partners that had been through it and and made some of the costly mistakes that they could share is huge in having the growth of ours. You know, you need to have you know strong unit economics and make sure that you have the business locked down. Your processes and systems. We have an online learning management system and and really have those on lock so that you're able to support your franchisee the way that they need. I mean, we don't exist without them. So everything that we do is to help them be successful and ease some of, you know, the burden of, of opening a single business by yourself, just having that, yeah. that really small business expertise, but the ability to have a kind of a bigger business behind you. I mean, we're not we're not like crazy big. There's, you know, about 22 people in our, our home office. So it's not like we're some crazy huge corporate, but for me, even having a marketing team, you know, that's like,
1: no, it's fantastic. Yeah. Super
0: awesome. So it's a huge learning curve, but it's it's awesome. You're going to meet so many cool people and we're picky about who we bring in and we want them to be picky about us. This is not a short term, like this is like the longest member. They just paid the most for a membership and you're in a (laughs) long-term relationship, you know? yeah. And so you need to have the right people. And so it goes both ways. So, you know, Early on, saying no to someone or this isn't the right fit is is a really interesting. It was the right thing, but it's like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, yeah,
1: it's it's. I know what you mean it's uh it's tough because you're like the, there's pros and cons, but ultimately I think long term, right? Like yeah, it's the yeah. right philosophy. But obviously, early on, it's like it would show proof of concept, like to a degree yes, that like someone yeah. is willing to buy this franchise, even though we're emerging. So it helps, like, being able to, you know, tell that narrative. But, yeah, if it's not the right fit, then it could bite you down the road. So I think the long-term approach is definitely the best. And that's a funny way to phrase it, that, like, the franchisees are just paying for the most expensive membership to, to the club. You know,
0: what we preach in the studio and how we want our team in the studio to treat their, the customers that come in is is the same rules that we live by at, at home office. And not even roles, just, you know, the culture and the values that you live by. And it really is your longest member. And if you, you know, stack value yeah. and treat them with kindness and respect and that'll take you a long way. Now, I know I'm early in it, but just the relationships that I've already formed through these franchisees is just phenomenal. It's awesome experience.
1: That's great to hear. And I want to bring it back to the beginning a bit, you know, back to when you were 16, 17 and just kind of, that's a lot to deal with. I, you know, I could barely get my homework done back then. You know, how is that, I guess, just almost more as like an individual, it just as a human, right? I mean, And to where you've gotten to today, I mean, you know, was that like a massive just kind of oh shit moment Mm -hmm. that you've obviously come out on the other side? Yeah. (laughs) But like you've obviously come out. I mean, you have three kids, a partner, you're co-founding a franchise that is so far off to a very successful start by all the metrics imaginable, you know. Is there some learning that you took from just that whole life experience that has helped you as a leader, as an entrepreneur? Like, I feel like maybe I don't want to speak for you, but maybe you're just you're probably more risk tolerant. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know. Like you just could handle yeah. more shit than the average person, probably.
0: I it definitely has an impact, a huge impact. I think the first is just like being able to pivot really quick. Your timer starts right away when you're pregnant and like you have a countdown, a solid countdown. To yeah. getting your life together and, and changing your thought process, and and so there wasn't really a lot of time to to be like, oh man, what's you know what's it was like? You got to shift and pivot, and you know I didn't want my choices to reflect onto my daughter and her have a different experience growing up because of the choices that that I made. So I had to pivot really quickly, and then it, it's kind of funny when you or teen mom and you're pregnant, all of a sudden, you know, you're 16, 17, and there's like goals and like get these grades and go to this college and do this. And then you become pregnant and the standards are really low all of a sudden. Like the expectation for you is, oh, hopefully she gets out of high school. And then you're like, huh, that's different. Like nobody cares that, you know, so I kind of flew under the radar at that point. But, you know, all of a sudden, all of your friends that you had aren't around anymore because you can't go out and party with them. And so it can be a really lonely time. And I definitely shifted to just kind of depend on myself and the inspiration had to come from, from me and, and learned really quickly that I was going to have to be the person to turn this around and change that. And yeah, those are hugely impactful. And being able to just pivot, also going, having your full life shifted in a moment and having to regroup and get it together and get kind of scrappy and tenacity and go through those ups and downs. But you have this child now looking at you like, you know, you're trying to pave the way for them and not show that you were a 17 year old mom that, you know, kind of took a different path in life. But I'm really grateful for for that and where that took me and the lessons that it taught me. And I was definitely driven sort of by the doubters. It was like, oh, okay. So you just think I'm going to graduate high school like, you know, I don't know if that's a healthy, healthy thing to be driven by, but man, that'll fuel you hugely. It's like, all right, cool. I'm going to. So that definitely was some of my drive was just, you know, showing people that I'm going to do a lot more than just graduate from high school. And um, it's going to be very different than, you know, your traditional route of college and all that. But yeah, that's been hugely impactful. And you just, I guess they're not surprised by, you know, in business, things are thrown at you and, you know, COVID that was like not my first business. I had gone through, you know, some further economic times and gotten through that, but man, I've nothing like COVID. I don't know. You just kind of went with it. And so in a sense it prepared you, like, it was like, yeah, we just keep going. Cause that's the only thing we can do. So let's pivot and do the best we can with that. So yeah, it was hugely impactful. And, um,
1: yeah. I mean, there's a good saying by someone I follow on Twitter that he kind of came up with, which is like chips on shoulder leads to chips in pockets. <laughs> Meaning just like he's, he's just this like venture capital guy, but his name's Josh Wolf. But the, his whole philosophy is just he just loves investing and embedding on entrepreneurs who for some reason, kind of like you, just have something that is fueling you. And he just has seen it time and time again, that those end up being the most successful people because that motivation is just so powerful. But I have not obviously different motivations, but I mean, I've been driven by, you know, things like, you know, that have happened in the past and you always want to prove the people who didn't believe in you wrong. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So it's definitely a powerful motivator, but it is really awesome to just hear your story and see where, you know, what you've already done and and what you're on to. And I think uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners would agree that, you know, it's an awesome story that we hope to kind of watch and and see become even more successful as we go on.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. Everybody has a story and a journey and, um, you know, don't let that, that deter you or derail you from where you're going. It can your journey can, you know, become a huge it is it's a part of where you end up. And so it can let that fuel you and not take you down. There's a lot of opportunities and having the tenacity and, you know, it's like, oh, wow, you had an instant success. But really, I've been working on for 20 years. I've been building my leadership skills and and looking at the market and seeing inefficiencies. And so it didn't happen overnight. You know, we've had some really great success. But if you look back at my business partners and my life, it was not an overnight success in that kind of way. So
1: absolutely. Well, look, this has been a lot of fun. To have you beyond, uh, where can folks who, who kind of want to dig deeper and learn more about you and your brand? Is there any good spot online for them to follow along?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can go to our website, which is just uh, Beamlight Sauna. And then follow us also on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn at Beamlight Sauna as well. And then we have individual pages from there. But yeah, we'd love to have, you know, people that want to learn more reach out to us. And I just really appreciate your time. And you have more knowledge and experience way more than I do. So uh, I, I really appreciate, you know, getting this opportunity to, to talk with you.
1: No, definitely, Cynthia. It was fun to have you on. And folks, will have the franchise website and some of those social handles in the show notes. So if you want to click through, you can follow Beamlight Sauna. And uh, yeah, Cynthia, thanks again. And uh, I'm sure maybe in a year or two, we'll have you back on for when you have hundreds of locations open. Um, We could do a, a refresher episode.
0: I'd love that. Well, thank you so much.
1: Awesome. All right. We'll talk soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to Franchise Empires. We're coming to you soon with actionable insights to take the next step on your franchise journey. So make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen.